Matt Twyer here, and I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. If you wish to become a bigger part of the world of Conversations with Dwyer, go to themattdwyer.com slash shop and purchase a t-shirt or a phone case with the Conversations with Dwyer logo right on it. It's that little head, round head thingy uh, that was created by Charlene Yee. That'll help support the podcast and spread the word. Also, you could become a Patreon subscriber. You could also find that link at themattdwyer.com. For $5 a month, you get extended interviews, video versions of the interviews, you get bonus episodes, all kinds of extra content, sometimes blogs. And there's different tiers, but the $5 one definitely is, I think, affordable for everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Please support the podcast. And now let's listen to this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast, and speaking of music, the song that's playing me in is called I'm on Holiday. It is by the F-16s. It is from their upcoming EP called Is It Time to Eat the, Eat the Rich Yet? And that comes out October 22nd on House Arrest Records. And you probably guessed it. My guest today is from the F-16s, and my guest is Abhinav Krishnaswamy. And they, if you don't know this about the F-16s, first of all, I just want to say they're really great. If you don't know them, please check them out in the show notes. You can find links to all their music and where to buy the EP. Please do buy music. Um, They are from India, and we uh, talk about, you know, we talk about the India music scene and something I didn't, a lot of things I didn't know about it and how very similar it is to the American music scene. So... Uh, it was. It's a great, great conversation. I really love this band. That song kind of makes me feel like I'm on a holiday. It's nice and relaxed. Uh, but please check out the show notes. All things in the show notes are for the links to the F-16s, social media, where to buy it. Um, and again, please do buy it because that's really important. And, um, and real quick, uh, if you're looking for a website, I just want to give a shout out to kellyrdewire.com. You can go to that website and get your own website made. Um, Kelly, who is also my partner in this life, um, builds websites. So go to kellyrdwire.com. She does not only the conversations with Dwyer slash mattdwyer.com, she also does websites for My Favorite Murder, Ologies, and the uh, network that hosts uh, My Favorite Murder exactly right. So if you like those podcasts or those or where, go to those websites and check them out and you can see her work and she does a really great and quick fucking job and I'll tell you something else she's more she's really goddamn quick at it and thorough um exactly right and my favorite murder websites are and ologies are really great so I I highly encourage you to check those out uh but check out my podcast don't listen to those podcasts because they get way more hits than me (laughs) I'm just kidding uh ologies is actually one of my favorite podcasts uh, it's science, not music. I'm not in competition with those guys. Um, anyway, Kelly R. Dwyer, uh, you could also email her at kellyrdewire at gmail.com and uh, get your podcast website or whatever kind of website you want rolling. Uh, 
also, I know I plug Patreon prior to the my intro, but uh, a lot of the conversations I have on here go way longer than what you get here. So uh, become a Patreon subscriber and listen to the probably 20 extra minutes that I have with Abhinav. Please do that. Um, and uh, that's, I, I guess I really don't have anything. I did a plug for my wife's business of what, podcast, website, not just podcast, website. She just does websites. It doesn't have to be podcasts. She doesn't do just podcast websites. Those three that I listed happen to be podcast-oriented. She's done others. Uh, she's done politicians and whatnot. So get a website, goddammit. Even if you're just some schmuck who sits on the couch, get a website. Or if you just like watching TV and you want people to know how much TV you watch, get a website where you tell people how much you watch TV. Sure, you could do it on Twitter and Instagram, but it's not a website. Websites are cool. All right, uh, enough of my ramble bamble. Oh, yeah, Oh, real quick, though. If you do like the F-16s or if you're a first-time listener, go to themattdwyer.com, which is a website my wife built, and go to the episodes page, and you could str- look. You could just scroll and see all the episodes I've had. I've had almost 300 episodes with a lot of great musicians. Um, so pack, 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 check out some of my old episodes. All right, everybody. That's enough of this. Please welcome my conversation with Abhinav Krishnaswamy of the F-16s. Oh, you teach music, right? Yes, I teach music. How, what um, are the age? Is it every age or is it like, do you have to report to a school and be like, all right. No, no, this is just um, by myself. This is more for hobbyists. It's not really, um, I wouldn't say it's something for serious musicians. Someone looking to do this seriously would I would rec- highly recommend just going to a school if you can afford it. <laughs> by all means, this is more. I cater a lot more to hobbyists, like people who like I don't know, older adults who like in their mid thirties who had a thing for the guitar some time back. They want to take it up again, so teach them songs that they like, and they kind of learn how to play the guitar that way. Do you find yeah. sometimes that it's mm-hmm people sort of in their midlife who have having like perhaps a midlife crisis where they're like, cause I used to have, Oh, exclu- well, exclusively I'm saying if, if it's, if it's past, if it's someone past a certain age, it's, it's almost exclusively that it's uh, <laughs> not in a bad way. Absolutely uh, no, I'm not. not. Letting, I, I'm yeah. I'm just being, yeah. I'm being honest. It's pretty much that it's, it is. Yeah. It, it's humorous from one angle. But, yeah. Um, I, I used to teach improvisational theater and I would get a lot of, right. I think, individuals who were you know were in advertising or something and then they were kind of like oh i wish i hadn't done this and it was Mm -hmm. it was interesting but i mean it god bless you know go uh, become creative whenever i i I don't judge that at all i think i think it's great to to and you should never stop being creative i think that's i don't like in i think in american society we are very don't do that. That's silly. <laughs> I don't know if that goes oh, on in your culture. I mean, that's here as well. Here it's more, uh, don't do that or we'll disown you. Uh, it's more that. It's more, uh, it's a little more drastic. Um, having, I mean, having one foot in, um, in arts and culture is not really a thing here. Like, and people, it does exist. There is a music industry and all that sort of stuff and that does exist and it feeds itself quite well. But, uh, normally when it comes to art and culture you you might have a flair for it when you're younger but there is always a time where you're expected to sort of let that go um, for some for pursuits that will 
uh, pay you more essentially pay you more or whatever just give you a to help you settle down in life like the stereotypical in the context of india is doctor lawyer engineer um, either either or, or any of those three are what you call advisable that's what they are not even advisable acceptable that's what is a kind of accepted if you're going to do something along those lines the moment you move into arts into the arts or humanities in some way we always will be met with like some friction you know yeah how was that within your family was your family welcoming to you going in mm, initially not so much um they had the they i mean they mistrusted this whole thing there was a sense of sense of like they won't show how it is going to pan out i mean and they still aren't i'll be honest they're not very you know on i mean people are people that's just how they are and that's fine um they've warmed up to certain things when certain things happen it seems to soften their edges a bit right like uh, i think a little just recently we uh we somehow through some meth into some weird circular way got called for being featured in an ad uh, in an advert on tv and like well not on tv i guess for youtube or whatever and they wanted a song of us and like so that whole thing worked out pretty quickly and like and then it showed up you know and basically we were starring alongside this bollywood actor like this guy he well known quite well known and he we were starring alongside this guy so things like that they like to hear where there's some sort of i guess they can connect the dots a bit you know telling them hey my song is out on spotify they can't really you know right. connect the dots so much they're just like okay oh good for good for you and that's pretty much the extent of it they're like okay good good for you nice job and like that's about it but they're not really thoroughly convinced so these little things um in fact like way back uh, i think in 2014 or something we the band won a contest to sort of go to new york and record in brooklyn for like about 3 days or something so we made it into a trip so the the thing about that was it was a trip to america that we funded ourselves and we didn't have to come to and that sort of like encouraged up our folks to be a little you know more open minded about this these little things that that's what this is where they can connect and be like okay so they, this is kind of working out for him so let's like keep it let's see where it goes yeah yeah i can yeah. relate to that because my family wasn't receptive to me either <laughs> it was like <laughs> and especially like i was 20 and they were like this isn't working out and i'm like i'm 20 how many things work out when you're 20 <laughs> it's like right and was that yeah. a personal conflict for you to to like obviously you were, had a passion for music and that was something you wanted to pursue did you have an internal struggle with coming to terms with that at all i think the um not i i knew what i wanted to do as in when it came to music i knew that i wanted to be associated with it in some way i mean my, my ideal situation is always playing live and playing shows and that's obviously in the last couple of years let's not even go there about what's been happening so let's you know everyone's aware of that and that's a big part of what i wanted to do i just wanted to play live that's kind of what i wanted to do i learned guitar for that it, kind of the reason i like seeing videos of guitar players and playing and you know that that always kind of fascinated me but i would say like there's no really in, the internal struggle comes a little later when you've been doing this for a bit there is there are moments of success but it's in the when there's nothing really happening is when you kind of come to grips with the like the fickle nature of what this is and uh getting past so uh, i would say that would be the main point of like internal struggle um there's those moments where nothing's really going right and but 
it doesn't come from any other thing you 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 start to doubt yourself and be like oh um you know is this am i cut out for this and but then there are the other then there are successes that come along so i think the main thing is just to like stick with it which a lot of people don't do here in like i mean there are friends of mine who started out i started out with them at the same time playing in different bands and whatever and seeing each other at shows but there was eventually a point where they, they would drop off you know and pursue something that would just lead to stability which i don't i com- i'm i completely understand i don't blame them you know yeah i mean it's the same here there's a ton of i'm and it's hard i mean it's because just like the i don't know you know just the basic security i mean i there's been when i was young you know i'd Mm -hmm. there'd be days where you're like guess i don't eat (laughs) it wasn't that a little bit yeah ramen noodles again no problem it's okay (laughs) who were some yeah there is mm -hmm. sorry i was gonna say i was gonna say in hindsight those uh in hindsight i'd look back and obviously with the gift of hindsight you'd look back and be like yeah you know what it wasn't so bad and but that's only with the gift of hindsight at the moment in that moment is not it's not the best yeah it's funny how the those those moments become kind of romanticized in in one's head and it's yeah. like i'm like yeah. yeah i lived in a pantry and i ate old bread and i was like okay it's like <laughs> at the moment i was my it was pretty brutal yeah what what were some of the musicians and guitarists that inspired you to to push forward with pursuing music um i think initially I was put on to at least again personally. I was put on to um, this weird conversation. So uh, there was a point where I was kind of listening to just film music. I was quite young. I was like eleven, ten or eleven or something. I was just listening to whatever was playing at home, which was not much. It was mostly just film music from films. That's just the big sell here. Bollywood songs was pretty much the scene. So Hindi songs and those kind of things. And then I think I overheard a conversation between two of my friends where they were talking about. both metallica and iron maiden and i had heard of metallica and cuz i'd seen it on tv i've seen i'd seen like ads at that point i think it was like what it would have been 2099 or something so they had like that was like kind of like they peaked they were like really really well known at that point they had like a series of albums out and everything else and even kind of knew who they were i was obviously living under a rock at that point so then i misheard that whole thing as the they were talk i thought they were talking about a metallica album called iron maiden and they were just talking about two separate bands and i thought it was talking about of an album by one band and i was trying to look for that album and then at the, it was it is a hilarious story because of how like stupid it makes me look i i know this but i found um at the same time it was iron maiden's brave new world that was coming out it was probably 2001 and the store that was near closest to my place was whatever so i you know asked mom for like a little bit of allowance and bought this album and didn't know what to expect and yeah and then that's kind of how it started so that i i was really attracted to the sound of the guitar and guitar specifically and then of course that moved into i think um enrolling in like school and learning a little bit learning learning riffs listening to songs again and again sort of by ear or i mean i think guitar tabs weren't really a thing so that became a thing later on so it sort of helped process and learn songs and you go to guitar and you go to ultimate guitar.com or whatever yeah punch in the song name and you learn stuff and i guess the bigger influence obviously the step up happened like i guess when i started started a, not started a band but joined a band and started playing shows in and around town 
in in india we have uh, uh, the college circuit is very well sort of like traveled it's uh, it's basically competitions that happen in different colleges so you travel there you play the show you you are judged by a panel of three people and like they there's a first sec- first place second place third place and that's kind of and they also like best guitarist and best keyboard player and best drummer and all that sort of stuff so that's a big thing in india i mean a lot of lot of like artists first start out doing that like when you're in college when you're like towards the end of school and when you're in college to try and sort of get some road experience you that counted as road experience um at least around the time when i was doing it they want a lot of venues around there were hardly any in my town and uh, there were a few around the country but it was hard it was kind of difficult to get out to play those kind of shows until of course uh, think people i think the system had to sort of change along with it so streaming came in and said actually kind of started doing a lot more in india than we actually give a credit for really in terms of yeah in terms of like um the kind of crowd that shows up for a show now versus back then it's a lot it's a lot more diverse back then it was just those were the those were place the shows were held in places that kind of had like its own circle of people and no one really there was no one new being brought to it um you know there was just like club regulars pretty much they would just show up and they wouldn't really like uh, pass the word out and tell people about gigs and it was very very, very closed off community um which sort of like started inculcating uh, bringing more people in when streaming sort of took off so i was already in like a bunch of bands at that point in time i think streaming started uh, happening uh, maybe 2000 or 13 14 i would think so at least here and yeah that's how the f16s i think we sort of benefited from that wave at that point um people started taking streaming a bit more seriously i'm just saying that we yeah we benefited heavily from streaming in one way or another in the sense from people's ability to stream I right guess. yeah that's sort of work that's kind of how we did and then yeah finding out like when we met as well like finding out different influences from each other's like pasts like joshua for example our singer he's from dubai so he's got like a different lineage of like bands and things that he heard back from there so and then there, but there was like a common interest for like there was a common love for bands like uh, arctic monkeys for like stroke like the strokes um i don't know the horrors those kind of bands that sort of helped shape our sound specifically initially we were kind of like sort of messing about with those sounds bands like folds like bit on a two guitar attack those kind of bands just dual guitars trying to work something out that way and then yeah now and then this has pretty much been a, like just from then to now has just been stuff we listen to we just show each other new stuff that we keep making and that can sometimes reflect what's going on what what's being played elsewhere but you know that's yeah. uh, that's what, what when you were describing like the scene pre streaming to me mm. it, it was it or at least at least from what it sounds like to me is like reminiscent of like the early punk scene in in America where it was DIY and people were just kind of putting on their own shows and was that kind of how it was we're just like there's like uh, these yeah actually hmm, there were like some enterprising people who tried to, to, to put shows on but then that again would um it didn't lead to much in terms of there was not a lot of great pub, like publicizing there was not a lot of great publicity for the event so um there would be a, a few people that turned up then a few more the next time it couldn't really sustain itself because the funny thing about uh, not even india is just i think in chennai uh, in the in 
over here is that uh, at that point in time you couldn't have independent bars so bars or nightclubs had to be part of hotels so the nightclubs would be in expensive hotels that sort of are that are already sort of exclusionary or ex- like they sort of try to maintain this exclusive exclusivity kind of thing about how the clientele that they want to attract and those kind of things they don't want guys in over- oversized metal shirts showing up at a show <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> you know so it doesn't really, it, the scene the, something like that would come up every now and every now and then they would try to get something going but then it would have a couple of off weeks and then whoever would be funding it would just sort of pull out and just be like yeah i'm good like because some they wanted like money i mean they would they wanted like a like payoff like immediate payoff you know what i mean like something very <clears throat> instant and quick they weren't willing to play the long game and sort of build like a community and that sort of stuff funnily enough the one place that did have regular shows was very diy it looked like a very diy basementy kind of punk like a punk gig in a basement but it was just a venue that was funded by the church um in it was just that this place that had gigs weekly that people paid 100 bucks to come in um, 100 rupees to come and see which is i guess not much in hindsight but 100 bucks to come and see you can't curse you can't there's no alcohol in there you can't and you can't curse so you 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 can't swear so you just have to there was a lot of set, but it was a good place it was uncomfortable to not do that you know <laughs> but uh, it sounds it was uncomfortable yeah it sounds ripe for but, rebellion and but, yeah, I mean, but it was yeah at that point we would all we tried to throw it fit in a tantrum but like it it's one of those places that we all kind of reminisce about now it doesn't it's not there anymore um it it's, it it stopped operating i think sometime to like two years ago or something and this this joint would just be this one place that people would come and play these kind of shows there'll be like three bands up it would be three hours of entertainment you're paying 100 rupees and you're good you just have to be creative about what the other stuff that you do for a show you know go to the parking lot hang out do what people do what people do and yeah just be creative about it and come back and have a good time you know it's still, it's yeah but otherwise like we still reminisce about that place it was a nice place but that was It, the scene so to speak in its na- very nascent stage like very very in in its infancy and then um other venues started coming up but like i said this they belong to hotels they belong to like slightly fancier hotels that would just not let this sort of thing sustain itself so they'll have one gig which might go well the, the next one might not it would just be an off day and like a lot of people wouldn't show up and then that's it there people just lose interest and then that venue would go under and then something else would crop crop up for like a month or two and then that's about it it sounds kind of here like hmm. it would be very hard as a band to get any sort of momentum in that sort of situation which is again why um like i said which comes streaming. bring us back to why streaming helps i mean in the sense cuz we've heard of other bands like uh, in in our own city through streaming honestly because anyway in the last couple of years no one's been able to go out and do anything so we've heard of some bands from our city and from other parts of the country through streaming and like you know through the wonderful algorithm i guess and yeah it's i'm not saying that they were they if these bands were around back then would they have gotten a leg up they, i think they must still might have they are talented enough as it is we were looking for a lot more bands back then that back then the band ecosystem kind of existed there was already a set of bands that were trying to crack something and uh, there's no place to do it and now it's kind of 
not no place to do it. The internet, the internet is available, so that's your uh, that's like unlimited um, space to sort of crack stuff. But then the, we find that there aren't a lot of bands now. Just just aren't a lot of those kind of bands. Bands that are willing to get a little sweaty and dirty and whatever. There's just a different aesthetic that's permeating streaming culture in general. Different aesthetic of permeating streaming culture when it comes to the bands that even want to make music. So it's just a different scene altogether from then till now. Back then it was more like just you know you play as much as you can. We realize again like in hindsight how un- unbelievably shit we were. Like we were just trying stuff out and we probably sounded terrible. <laughs> everyone's we probably sounded terrible and everyone's like. Yeah, everyone's sort of threshold for pain and punishment was probably high back then. And they were just like, yeah, okay, cool. It's a scene, you know. It's it's one of those things. Yeah. That's it was really good fun. back then. Yeah. It's, mm. Were there any bands that like, you thought, like, in hindsight, you're like, man, they should have broke and they should have been, like, like somebody who was brilliant that just because of that s- situation didn't get the chance they deserved? Mm, I would say... From in Chennai, at least there was a band um, back way back actually called the Buzz Theory. They were the, one of the few bands writing original music. That wasn't something that a lot of bands did. So you would have bands that had half a have had half a career based off of just how well they played other people's songs. So there were bands that played covers really well, and that was a big market on its own back then. So the bands that played covers were the ones that would get shows because. The regulars were the folks who would want to see um, a Deep Purple cover or a Pink Floyd cover rather than like the band's original music. So the Buzz Theory were one of those bands that were wrote great like original music. Yes, it helped. It also helped probably helped their cause that they were the, one of the few ones to, like few bands to do it. But even for that, like those songs are still. I mean, considering I've been here for most. Yeah, at least I've been playing playing shows for a while here. Those songs still sort of like they're lodged in there somewhere, and I still remember them. And you know, those kind of bands. Yeah, there's another band called the Shaky Rays who, again, in the other circumstances, also lead to their sort of downfall. They actually tried to um, try to make a move. They moved out of Chennai. They tried to move to New Delhi and make it there. And it just didn't sort of work out. Everyone sort of had to eat a humble pie at the end of the day. It just didn't happen. Situation wasn't as in right. I don't know. Or they couldn't just like stick together till this hump. That sort of thing. That that's that's like I said, the the big the thing about I think our band also is the fact that we've stuck around because we formed I think in about 2012 or 13. And like eight years on, a lot of bands don't in this country don't go for that long. Like they don't stick this out. They normally just after two or three years. Okay, we've done about all we can. We've made some money out of this. Let's just like, you know, go our own separate ways. Maybe we can meet for like a reunion gig every now and then. And that's kind of what it is. Sticking past this hump is kind of what's kept us in the game, really. Yeah, it's I was going to just... Can yeah. you attribute it, that to anything? What made you made you stick it out? Was there... Well, I was going to put mm, words in your Yeah, mind. again, um, similar to how uh, like our parents' response would be, we have to show them these little things every now and then that sort of keep them kind of out of our business but like you know they're at least on board because they can make the connect so there are a different set of these things that happen through our you know through the course of us being a band that have sort of kept us in the game one is of course releasing material and seeing the response to it so the first time we put out like an ep was the kaleidoscope ep and like we just tried because at that point the band had just formed i actually wasn't even a part of it at that point i joined towards the end of the ep being mixed and 
it was just like let's let's put this music out there no one that's the only way people are going to hear us we can't just do this whole cycle of form a band play shows first which is what a lot of bands did they form a band and play shows first let's do we've played a few shows but let's put some music out there so that more people know who we are and that we exist so that decision to do that was something that obviously kept us in the game for a while that purely because of just doing that then i think um playing new york that whole trip when we came down to brooklyn to record was a big was a big source of encouragement for us it kind of like kept us going for a while after that because we were like okay this you know what this is clearly some we have something here even when we recorded the music and that so we could record music there and release it basically that was the deal so we recorded like a two track and just a side a side b and the response to that also was great so we were like okay so it doesn't really matter about like the tools we use because here we recorded in into a laptop and programmed drums and everything else there we went into a studio and recorded everything live and the response was pretty much the same it was all good so we were like okay we have something you know and then putting out an album and seeing it do well like a full length album getting shows uh, outside the country when we started getting shows we started playing i think we played singapore twice um vietnam and cambodia uh that sort of stuff kind of yeah it just sort of keeps your foot in the door i think like it just keeps you going so th- these little things these little landmarks playing festivals across india i think we kind of we had like a couple of really really good years where we um kind of played all over the place in the country and we were, it was kind of it was very very encouraging for us as a band to be like, okay we're on on the right track it's just a question of you know stay steadying the ship and kind of seeing this through you know not not to prematurely just give this up because of something or the other Right. And is it cuz I know you were supposed to play South by Southwest and that had I think that got messed with COVID. But that's like yeah. was that an have you played I know you went to Brooklyn obviously but did, have you played in the states? Have you toured the states? No, we haven't toured. We haven't we would love to honestly. We haven't toured this year. Like the closest we came to was this backyard party in that same trip. Sorry, some guy came um to the studio where we were recording and just decided to Hey, this guy sound good. So I'm having a Halloween party in my backyard, which is somewhere in Bushwick. So if you guys wanna be a part of the lineup, just come play, bring some beers, whatever. <laughs> it was literally like a, it was a, it was a party. Like the neighborhood showed up, like a block, like a neighborhood showed up. There were like four bands. It was just very, very rough shot setup, but but it felt great to play something that like DIY in kind of the place where it made sense for us because so many acts that we look up to came from scenes like that. I'm sure. So you know, it yeah. it felt. Yeah, it, there was this weird. It felt kind of this otherworldly connection to like the influences that we had, and it sort of like that's what I'm saying. So that was a great motivator in just like sort of making us keep our head down and just keep doing this. You know, was that's kind of what we yeah has a breaking it in America because I know like that's always been a thing in the past of definitely you know like the British invasion and stuff. That's always been the goal of every band. Is that always mm-hmm. is is that been a goal of for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. As either here, either in America or the UK um, or Australia. Honestly, like because we know the corner we're painting ourselves in by singing in English and making the music we make in India. Like we do have a good, fan, great fan base here, and uh, we do have a great fan base here. And I'd like to say that's in spite of us singing in English. So it's still a good fan base for a band that sings in English but is in but is from India, because. The the thing here is I I don't I hate being the guy who to simplify something like this because it makes again makes me sound really stupid and uh, egotistical. But a, a 
a quicker way for success in this in this part of the world is to sing in a regional language it just is so singing in hindi singing in tamil some of the regional languages any of them you automatically open up yourself to such a wide audience because just because lyrically now they're with you that's probably the one we we realize very we realize and we were quite honest with ourselves when we know that we've sort of missed out on that large chunk of the population when it comes to a prospective audience that would listen to our music for us to be able to crack america and the uk is something where we will be the most familiar and uh, people who listen to us are going to be familiar because there, there will be a level of familiarity there because it's in english basically in, in in english and people can fully understand and the feedback we receive can be fully understood by us and like you know that's sort of that's kind of why we would yeah very much love to tour i mean honestly tour honestly any at this point so yeah sorry just a little snag yeah. all right yeah but i mean you're on an american label now all those things must be like is that just like did you imagine that 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 would have been the journey that you guys were on when you first started that now you would have be on an american yeah, yeah definitely i mean um we didn't think it would happen in the sense i we realize these guys have been houseless have been nothing but great with us and like it's been a really great relationship uh, so far and but it actually came from like i think uh, a few years prior we just we weren't signed to anybody we 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 had been signed to a, a management company in india another one prior and then that kind of like the contract actually just got done with so it was over and we just didn't bother renewing it so after that we were kind of looking for we were looking for some sort of uh, representation but not for a while for a while we tried to go at it ourselves and while we could we made we did a decent job of it there were obviously things that we felt that could only be done by management like someone else like someone had to sort of take up the brunt of that you know like the back end and that's when we started like just i don't know cold emailing people just made a repository of like labels that we could possibly you know send our music to and we sent it and i think house arrest was one of them and then out of the blue they got back to us like some time ago like i was sometime later like i don't know I, i don't know how long it was when from when we sent them the email to when we got the response back but yeah it took a while and but when they did no it 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 again felt great because again these are one of those things that sort of keep you going like okay uh, even now this is sort of this is what you wanted and it's working out so just keep doing it and they've been great with like understanding our vision and sort of helping us execute as much as we can along with our management now in india uh, pagal hena as well so they've been sort of it's a good team that we that we sort of assembled here to sort of make the music we want to make tell the stories we want to tell and you know have things look the way we want them to look that's uh, yeah. i know it's it's great <laughs> and your music i mean you guys are you're a great band like it's just i mean of course you, you deserve deserve it all <laughs> Thanks man. You're welcome. I wanted to, yeah. first of all I wanted to say when you you were like uh this is going way back in our conversation but when you were like made the mistake of Metallica Iron Maiden and you're like oh it's, mm-hmm. I was stupid I was like I made mistakes like that all the time so I'm like <laughs> I think that's just part of like when you're young and you're trying to discover things you know I was like that's just like I you know I grew up in a, a world where it was just like you listen to the, everybody listen to the same band so when you I tried to veer out of it There's a lot of missteps. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just a happy accident, honestly. That, yeah, I attribute that to a happy accident, and like it just opened the world, opened opened this door to like a 
just other musical possibilities than like Bollywood because that's the only thing I was listening to at that point. Not even listening to it, it was playing. I was in in its vicinity, like it was. I was just there, right? And it was just playing around me. And then this stuff was stuff I actually went and you know went to went to shops and you had these little. You at that point you had if if it was a store that sold cassettes or CDs or whatever, you'd have the little station where you can plug it in and like sort of just listen to. I guess how you could just like scam your way through and listen to the to the entire album and like that's kind of I've, I've done that a couple of times as well, just like going to the store and kind of scamming your way through an album. Like, <coughs> what was it the first like the first time? Because there's like moments, uh, and it, I mm-hmm. find it's rare where where you hear something for the first time and you're like like you said the world opens up to you. What was mm-hmm. that like the first time you heard Metallica or Iron? Because, I mean it's a very distinct and hard <laughs> sound and it, it, yeah it, it, it was like, like I said it was nothing I'd ever heard at that point and it was just like nothing I'd ever heard I feel like I, I felt like if I look back and think about it a little too much it was more like a very a very primal reaction to distortion and like primal reaction to guitar distortion that was kind of what it was it, it was weird because then I, then I went and it just sort of looked for every uh, like enough bands that would just have that kind of sound it just didn't matter I it, it didn't matter that I couldn't really articulate what it was because I just needed to know that okay okay something in this heavy something in heavy metal okay let's go to Guns N' Roses I don't know and like went from there borrowed CDs from friends and like um, the adults in my life at that point had they in India you didn't have a lot available to you um, I'm not talking about the time when I could get something but like to like my parents and their generation there wasn't when they were probably my age there wasn't a lot that they could uh, look for so there was very little available at the time so I think the so my parents generation would listen to like I don't know I heard Rush through them and like Jethro Tull and these kind of bands and Boney M on one hand and like it was like Boney M and Ario Speedwagon and I yeah I don't remember a lot of it but there's some of that there's Harry Belafonte in there as well that yeah <laughs> it's I, all I stuff I listened to as a kid that's why I'm laughing I'm like yeah uh, Harry Belafonte at, I have this I remember, still remember having this Harry Belafonte live at Carnegie Hall uh, I, I don't think it was a bootleg but like it was just a yeah a tape of that and I used to listen to that a lot and something I did as a child apparently and so I guess it was always that kind of there but then this whole the guitar distortioning sort of really made me dig and look for music consciously and because even even before this all the stuff I was hearing was still through a parent through a parent's friend somebody older or at home and this was something where I decided to look for stuff myself and there was no real internet thing so I would just try to read as much as I could and find some way to get information about this and find my way through it yeah yeah I mean I felt this like I that's the stuff I grew up with that I was just that was there when I started like my brothers listened to Rush and Aria mm-hmm. all of that stuff and it was just, it you, it was just what everybody listened to and like I, feel, I maybe the, I'm seeing if this relates to you but it's like I was searching for something like I feel like there was also like a self a journey of self within music mm-hmm. for me where I was and it's like when I heard things like that like the first time I heard punk and stuff it was just like these you know you're like blown away like you can't mm-hmm. articulate it I was wondering if were you like searching for something within yourself too oh yeah definitely so there was there was after after that little bit of like finding out these kind of bands I think I kind of hit like a plateau there was a point later on where I hit like a plateau there was I think up until the point I sort of discovered 
not discovered i i had discovered rage against the machine and these kind of bands and you look at videos of tom morello playing a guitar and doing what he does with a guitar and that sort of that you taught me a few tricks that kept me going for a few years honestly just to sort of get that going and sorry and get it right um you know cuz i would try to find guitars that not find guitars but i would borrow guitars from friends that could help me do the things he would do like the kill switch stuff and like whatever the the turntable scratching and what not and i think after that it was more like okay uh, a part of me was looking to sort of broaden a uh, horizon a little bit now stop looking at music as a guitar player and start looking at music as an as a more all-round thing in terms of arrangement and production and try to sort of you know get the bigger picture as it were and i was in a band at that point um i had joined this band in chennai called uh, adam and the fishite poets it was this one guy his name is not adam his name is kishore so he yeah it, it was just this band and it, he had he had uh, at that time he had like what i thought was a very very unique vision for what a band should be and the kind of music that he was he was just this repository of music like he just had like a ton of stuff on his hard drive and like his his computer at home and he had so much music in fact so he just gave all of us like a he just passed the hard drive around to all the guys in the band just being like this is kind of where we're at so just take from this what you will this is all the music i can give you this is kind of what we're looking for and normally you think it would be like let's say 10 bands let's say like 10 acts 10 different albums of music or something small like you'd wanted to keep it this is the sonic thing we're going for right this was just a hard drive that was about 300 300 gigs of music it was just so much music <laughs> he just gave us everything and i heard so and i kind of heard so much through and discovered so much through that like bands like deer hunter and um bands like deer hunter the side projects that came from that atlas sound lotus plaza um even i think bands like television which influenced me a lot in terms of guitar playing and arranging for two guitars and that sort of stuff so bands like television talking heads this was i think around the time i was about 19 or 20 and like so i just realized how little i was scraping the surface at that point up until that point and then i got this this amazing hard drive and just took so much music from it and i was just like i spent just hours and hours just perusing through and it took me so long to get through that music i don't even think i don't know what the hard drive is but like i don't even think i fi- i scrape i managed to probably get 60% of it in somewhere and you know bands bands like wild beasts and lcd sound system and those kind of bands which i hadn't heard not that i didn't i i sort of knew that these bands existed but i never heard their music and because people in in music circles would talk about these sort of bands every now and again but not with a lot of depth or anything like that like have you heard have you heard and yeah so that was one big moment where like I, that kind of like opened up a a completely a different set of avenues for where my tastes were going to take me so that sort of helped me change the way i played guitar sort of helped me change the way i wrote for guitar change the way i arranged stuff like i remember hearing unknown mortal orchestra for the first time and then like looking at videos of the guy play and like just a unique way of looking at guitar you know probably done before it, it's probably done before but like he was this was the band that sort of put me on to that so playing sort of changed over time it was more there was a lot less aggression in what i would look for in guitar i would look for something that would be more complementary to the whole rather than just this thing that is aggressive and then solos for a bit and then stops that was kind of so again like when you're a, when i was a kid in college and stuff wanted to do stuff like that wanted to show both a little bit you know why not 
then sort of started why not then you find and you join a band and start getting the bigger picture and then you're just like okay you know then now, now let's try and write for a set of people rather than just not for yourself but instead of just writing bits that make you sort of look good right yeah 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 so that was like a big um this this uh a mythical hard drive with a bunch of music that sort of just it really did it really it really it made me spend a lot of time and go i maybe at that point i think listening to music actively i was flagging and doing that i wasn't listening to music actively i probably fallen off that i had had that habit and i kind of fell off and then this sort of brought that back and i started like that opened a new sort of sequence where i was just imbibing as much music as i could and that kind of went on for a few years and i think i'm still sort of coming down from that at this point yeah but yeah god that's i mean that's and you have no idea where that hard drive is huh yeah i have no idea where it is i still have uh, i mean i'm i'm aware of all the music that's on it so therefore and now thanks to the age of streaming once again i can look it up so i don't have to like in a little time prior to this like go on to um, i don't know P2P file sharing and look for a single song and keep downloading. I couldn't download albums. That's kind of how I got music. It was just one track at a time, and it would take ages. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's. I. I mean, I've talked about this before, but it's like streaming has opened up. Like, I feel like younger generations who are getting into music are now have like. I didn't like. I always was curious about different kinds of music, but I was broke, so I, it's not like. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I was like, well, I could buy one record this month. <clears throat> you know it's like yeah and and you would make sure to like and you you would remember that for a while even even the even all the stuff that you had to do to get enough dough to go and buy <laughs> no but there was like yeah. some investment from the listener right there were these things that you had to do i would remember like doing good deeds for like a little bit so mom pulls out the money a little faster so i can go buy an album you know like that sort of stuff that sticks with you or i'm going to admit it i don't know if i if i i there was like a cassette store in the mall near my place and like i've i've gone in and like i've kind of just like politely just lifted like two tapes and just like walked out <laughs> but it scared the shit out of me at the time sure uh and i was like oh for for i couldn't even remember at that point when i just took it i was just like for which albums again i'm like oh ride the lightning and another metallica album so i was just like cool in the sense that these sort of things stick with you you're doing so much more to get access to what you want in terms of music and those memories i guess kind of just amp up your relationship with the artist a lot more right like the things you had to do to get the tape that you wanted yeah as opposed to as opposed to now which is you know i mean you yes you like this artist you can just look it up and like there's the entire their discography so far and you can take your pick yeah and here here's about 50 others that sound kind of like that and it's a one there's a lot yeah there's a lot more you can do i still want maybe oh, mm. i'm sorry go ahead No I feel that might have maybe just like uh killed it might have sort of like dulled um people's relationship with artists when it comes to the music like you hear yes it's an artist you really like and you get the song on pretty much on demand and it's right there and there's no real like I don't want to say there's no legwork being put into sort of gaining access to that sort of stuff you're not parting really with anything to sort of get access to that yeah. right that's kind of what solidifies the relationship that kind of makes it more intense because then you remember what you did to get to that point and what you did to get the album anyway yeah yeah i still like to buy stuff because it's i mean maybe that's just cuz i'm an old guy but it's like it's important to me it's important to me to buy it to support somebody obviously to be like mm-hmm. to thank the artist <laughs> but also yeah. to have 
to me to have something in my hands that I can read and participate in while I listen to is is magical to me and it's part of the experience and I it saddens me that that's lost for some people yeah I mean <clears throat> it is yeah having something physical uh, again uh, solidifies that that same bond that you want to create with the artist that you really like and I don't know if like there's a real market for physical sales here I don't think that's been, there's been one for a while anyway here it's pretty much all digital digital sales and um yeah the ones really there is a lot of music here that in at least in india the main, stuff that passes for mainstream music is not is very surface level stuff it's not really it's just meant to fill it's just meant to fill space i again don't i'm i'm trying not to come off as like a complete asshole i'm just trying to say that i don't think just, you are i think you're becoming yeah, off as a sincere like and i just i, I also agree yeah. with you i mean that's a lot of it here is just i'm just like what the fuck is this <laughs> it's like yeah there's what there's what the fuck is this but also it's just like why did this have to be made did this really need to be made and like you hear it a couple more times and then of course there's enough now you have enough avenues where you're going to keep hearing this music you have like you know instagram reels and tiktok and whatnot and those songs will just always be there there's some truly like i'm not going to say shocking songs but it's just you always just wonder why they undertook the exercise of making music like that and because it's very yeah it's uh it's it's without any nutrients nutrient value uh, how do i say nutritional value yeah the music in general is without any nutritional value it's just very surface level it's meant to fill a space it's meant to fill um it's meant to be on radio so when people are going to work that's all they hear <laughs> it's meant it's meant to be in played in a shopping mall if people were to go to shopping malls that's kind of it it's just meant to fill out the background and that's kind of what or at least that's what it is for me i don't know no i Maybe, agree maybe someone has like a deep maybe some people have a deep connection to the music i i can't imagine who but yeah i don't know <laughs> i i mean i agree and i think yeah maybe it is everybody's experience is different but to like i love that 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 what you said a nutritional value i've never heard that before and that's really brilliant but it's like I, I just like when people are indifferent about music, they're like, yeah, you know, I like this and that. And I, you know, I'll play the radio when I'm in the car and I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like such mm-hmm. to me, it's like every, like there's music that is monumental to moments in my life. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like part of life and emotion. And I'm like, how can you be just like, eh, yeah, you know, that's catchy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against catchy songs. I love a good catchy song, but you know what I mean. No yeah, nutritional it's value. It's just it's just filler. It's no nutritional value. Exactly. It's empty calories. <laughs> I love that that's, so much. Yeah, it's pretty much. It's empty calories, and it's just yeah. You f- you feel full, but you know, like you just had nothing. It's yeah, like eating styrofoam. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> I read something about you said about. Uh, indie bands unionizing I, I know that's uh, do you recall this at all because I'm known to often quote somebody and then be like well, I don't okay. know if, but you were talking about how maybe perhaps indie bands should unionize does that ring a bell at all because if not I'll just move oh, on oh sure okay I mean I, I, I can't remember I mean I don't know where you might have pulled that from I, I remember saying that I th- I've also said that just in conversation with people but um, they do a union would be good because like for Here's the thing, right? So in India, you have the film industry, which is basically where there's the majority of coin, 
and money and uh, if you play if you are a musician in the film industry you are part of a union and so you will get whatever union benefits and privileges and whatever right the indie music scene doesn't really have one and as a result of that um, what happens is venues and bars can keep paying artists like really really cheaply they can keep paying them next to nothing keep paying them peanuts because if you take a stand and say no you're not going to play the show there's always going to be another band that's going to be like we'll take the low ball offer like they will take it and venues here at least for the most part have always been trying to undercut bands like always uh, for whatever excuse they have they have like a laundry list of excuses that they'll use to say the same thing but they, at the end of it is pretty much like can you play for let's say i have to do a little bit of conversion here but let's say yeah okay so 500 bucks like say 500 dollars is what um what would be the rate at this venue normally so if you just that's not it's it's generally not enough so you're just like i will not pay unless we can't play unless we can get maybe 750 dollars and if we, if we hold out long enough they might agree to it but more often than not they will just find another band that will do it for less so unionizing it would help to sort of like you know everyone just agrees to a standard rate those kind of things would get solved obviously and but it's just that like it's such a task to do and i would like to just think that guys who are in bands in the city are just inherently lazy and it's fine and i'm just saying that it's fine because thankfully again from sticking around with this whole thing with this band especially we've i think we've maybe broken out of that cycle of being under like undercut for shows and like having to play for next to nothing at this point yeah we still we still aren't paid adequately enough but that's a different story but we're not playing for next to nothing anymore so we're just like at least we've broken out of that cycle but to unionize yeah that would be something why not yeah it's the great. same exact thing here and i'm, I'm mm-hmm. always pro union but it's like you know it's, it's the same thing the clubs can pay you know there's so many people wanting to be playing bands around los angeles that it doesn't and free mm. is not uncommon to play for nothing which is just yeah. f- fucking infuriating <laughs> yep i'm not even yeah. in a band and it, it, i'm just like pay pay because you you have the money it's amazing how the yep. people who have the money always claim they don't have the money <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh it's hilarious also because like the like i said the club regulars are people who again the same uh folks who would like uh who enjoy the music with no nutritional value um so they would just go to the club to have a good time and they're and they're the regulars at the club so they get preferential treatment so if you are playing there have been so, so many shows where we play we've played we've been called to play for like our music and we've played shows and there's always there's always one um older gentleman somewhere who's had too many drinks there's always one older gentleman that's had too many drinks <laughs> and will come to the front and will start yelling out names of songs to play and it's always in the it's always in this order it's always sweet child of mine by guns and roses it's um back in black by acdc or it's summer of 69 by brian adams <laughs> and it's all the I will same tell you this I will tell you this you've heard you might you might have heard this for the first time but Summer of 69 is the unofficial national anthem of this country because the number of people who if you ask them like if you if they will say they listen to rock music and if you ask them what their favorite song would be it would be this song 
Why? It's always this is like the I don't know either. I really <laughs> wish I really w- wish I knew. He was a big. I mean, he had a lot of crossover hits like in India. I know that because his songs used to play on like MTV a lot when it was on TV and like. All, but all the songs, it wasn't specific to this song. This song sort of had like a different hold on people, you know. It was just one of those things. It was yeah. huge here too. I like, yeah, and yeah, I'm sure. And it's funny because that and Freebird—that's the other one that everybody yells out at shows here. And it's just like, mm-hmm. do you get Freebird too? <laughs> we don't get Freebird here, not so much. Freebird, I feel like is, uh, yeah. I I would think mm, I'm trying to think about what the, the worst song of all of them listed, by the way. The worst <laughs> by the worst group of people. <laughs> My God, yeah. Yeah. And they'll come, they'll always be this, yeah, this uh, over enthusiastic, slightly drunk man who will come to the front <laughs> and always with another drunk friend just be like, you gotta play this song. And there are shows where I'd humor them because why not? I'm just like, okay, there's literally, there have been shows where they're like, there are 10 people in the audience. And one of them is this guy. So I'm just like, have okay, you ever played you know it? Yeah, here's the opening to Sweet Chalaman. I'll play the riff and I'll stop. And I'll be like, yeah, that's all you get. Thank you. Can you, please, can you please go back to your seat? <laughs> you know, I would play the riff. I would just play the riff. Like, and just like, just play the riff out. And about, two, about four times. And I think, I'll, and I'll just stop and I'll be like, okay. I think, thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, see you later. Oh, yeah. God, that Stuff killed that. me. Yeah, oh. that's the kind of... <laughs> <laughs> So music is the same everywhere. The crowds are the same yeah. all around the world. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wonder, but, it, but, but I don't know if whether um, if crowds ask for the same kind of music, but like do, do artists get threatened for not paying attention to that? Cause that's happened to us as well. Um, at a few shows here, at, at a show here, especially I think in uh, somewhere in the Northeast and someone came and asked us to play a song and uh we weren't we weren't we didn't want to um but then he kind of sort of motioned to like a knife in his he had holstered in his pant like kind of there like a little dagger like he kind of just went that way and he's like are you are you sure about that like you you don't want to play that song and we're just like five six uh, like, okay, fine, man. You 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 make a persuasive you your persuasive argument. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I I mean, this is America, and we're a bunch of idiots who like confrontation. So uh, I I can't yeah. imagine. I've yeah, I'm yeah. an American who's avoided confrontation his whole life because I've been known to take a lot of fists to the face. So I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, pacifist. Yeah, Fast, pas, pacifist by uh, able to fight. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, and you, I don't. I know you have a new single out, and and but I wanted to make sure I you. Is there an album coming out with that attached to that? Yes. That, is it official? Yeah, so is it officially announced? I don't want to. I can yeah, we edit. Did, we did I actually. This, okay. Yeah, we did announce it uh, actually on the eleventh. So it is out. But I guess if this is yeah yesterday, the eleventh of August. Okay. And um, it's the single that we put out was uh, a song called I'm on Holiday, which we added a visualizer with it as well. So YouTube, YouTube people, please go and I've watched YouTube. the video. It's a great song. Yeah. You, I, you, I, Thanks. Your yeah. band is great and I love your music very much, if I can say that. Thank you very much. It has great nice nutritional value. Well, very good. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we're not, I'm glad that we're not pumping out empty calories. 
Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with The Wire. Please become a Patreon subscriber. If you like, also subscribe to the show on your iTunes or what have you not, and tell your friends about the show. That would mean a lot to me. As well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or com or Conversations with The Wire at the Instagram, and you could learn more about the show, buy merch, and all those great things. Thank you very much for listening.